0: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, I'm Boyd Hilton, uh, uh, Josh Landy, sidekick, sidekick Josh Landy is in his Soho House uh, style office where there's builders, well, builders are hammering away as we speak apparently, which is why he's on mute right now, but I can see him dear listener, he's with us, he's going to chip in whenever he can when the builders so to speak aren't making too much noise, but! Who needs well, we all need we all need Josh, but we've got the additional joy of um podcast regular more joy hero, Jeff Arsenal. Hi Jeff.
1: Yeah, how you doing, boyd? You're right. Yeah, good. How are you? Good. I'm very well, thank you. I, I went to Everton. No doubt we oh. didn't discuss it. Yeah. So did Josh. Yeah. I'm I the only one. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only Isn't one who doesn't go I don't go to away games very well. I think I've got a bit
0: of an anxiety about going to away games, if I'm honest, because like I've had a few, I've had some great experiences with, but I've also had like you know, anti-Semitic chanting in European games and anti-Semitic yeah. chanting in you know Chelsea and oh, yeah. I find it all I find it all a bit stressful to be honest, which is I know is a bit slightly pathetic, but that is my that's part of the reason why I don't get too many away games. But yeah, but you had a good yeah, well, time. I,
1: was, I had a great time. My friend was having a party up in 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 Liverpool for that weekend. I normally go a couple of Midlands games if they're in the Premier League and I do all the London games generally and maybe one Northern game per year and do a few European trips but uh, my friend was having a party up in Liverpool so was expected to go up there, have a great time at the Arsenal, win and then go and have a jolly yeah. up afterwards it didn't work out that way but the party no. was great, I had a great time, had a great weekend there, it's a great place Liverpool but um, oh, good. The result, the result was hard. The atmosphere
0: seemed uh, seemed incredible. Like obviously, this was they had the new manager bounce. That I mean, that cliche has never been so appropriate, has it? I mean, he he like right. transformed them. I could not believe yeah. how on it they were. I mean, you expect a little them to be a little bit more on it than they were under yeah. Frank Lampard, but they were like they played like their lives depended on it. I thought.
1: We seem to always get it against us. We always seem yeah. to get that new manager bounce, whoever it may be, whatever team it is. They they always play us the first bloody game. It's difficult, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's annoying. It's yeah. so annoying. But the atmosphere was good. It felt it felt like very um, very loud on the TV. Very uh, passionate.
1: Yeah, it was obviously a great atmosphere. Though I mean, Everton was quite subdued at first because I think they feared the worst we was we yeah. was very bouncy and and, yeah. and and up for it but I mean it was quite clear after about 15 or 20 minutes that this ain't going to plan because we haven't scored which we should have done and yeah. uh and and then after half time it was very very you know we was everyone was getting a bit frustrated I don't know about you Josh what, what how was you during the game <laughs>
2: Well, the first thing to say is that I am not going to miss Goodison Park when they do move (laughs) stadiums. Our tickets were the back row of the Aperture at Goodison Park and, like, Wow! Well, you just <laughs> half of the pitch is covered by the roof that you've got. It, it's totally absurd. It shouldn't. It's about time they move. So I, w- I won't miss that. To be honest, we we just thought we're not. We haven't travelled three and a half, four hours in the car to do this. So we sort of uh, went down a a few rows um, where there seemed to be a bit of space because there was a huge number of fans that seemed to have problems um, getting into the game. And I, I, I know the club have put out a lot of stuff about sort of ticketing and making sure that the people in the uh, tickets at away games are. Or who they're supposed to be. So there, were, there was a bit of space. But, yeah, the, the game overall, it, in terms of the uh, atmosphere, it, it did feel incredibly unlucky that we were Sean Dyche's first game. There are those builders that Boyd uh, heard. You might be able to hear that in the background. Mm, it's and fine. It's fine. In, in general, I didn't think it was quite as bad as, as maybe it seemed at the time. I didn't think it was like the horrend- most horrendous Arsenal performance. I thought no. probably... Oh, no, it's a draw. It felt like a nil-nil kind of come away with a draw and given the bounce. You know, we conceded too many set pieces and there was a period in the first half where I think they had four corners in about four minutes and it, it felt like that was a tactic and eventually it paid off for them. But I thought we, you know, we created enough half chances where we've been taking them at other points this season. And also, I I haven't done a four-hour journey for a 12.30 kickoff in a, in a while, certainly. And I remember going over, you know, years gone by where there'd be such discontent, let's call it that, amongst the away fans if we did go and lose 1-0 against the team in the, in the relegation zone. But it was also nice, as we've spoken about so much this season, the atmosphere is so improved that still the players got applauded as they should uh, at the end of the game. And there was still, you know, Arsenal fans singing songs towards the end of the game and singing, we are still top of the league and, and everything like that. So, hmm. you know, look, of course what happened Sunday makes us all feel immeasurably better about what happened on Saturday. But overall, I think it, if we can come back Saturday, which we'll come on to and win the game, then kind of all is forgiven and this hasn't been a year where we've gone and drawn lots of the games we've won a lot of games uh and and therefore you know what if we just go away and lose one game that you know we're disappointed by you know it's it's very much recoverable
1: you know josh what you were saying about the um in the back row well amazingly i was in the back row with my wife as well and you had to duck down to see the goal, hadn't you? You know, to see the wow. the goal, the goal. Go, it, it was shocking. You really couldn't see because every, every, All the away games, you need to stand. You have got to stand because everyone stands in front of you. So I did exactly the same as you. It was about uh, about five rows in front of us. There was two or three seats that. So we just at halftime, we just went down and sat in those, which was which was better. Now I was on the 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 the, the, uh, uh, the left hand block. Was you on the right hand block? You know. Uh, from the away fans, I was towards Nearest the right. halfway line. I was yeah, towards to the, the right. Yeah, yeah otherwise I'd, I'd have bumped into you. Otherwise, but uh, yeah, that's where we were. Exact back ropes driving me mad. But, this uh, is why I don't go to away games.
0: It sounds it sounds yeah. absolutely tedious. I, you know, I'd much rather sit at home, feet up, watching BT Sport with Martin Keown being aggressive, weirdly aggressive to yeah. um, the presenter at the beginning. Do you see that clip, Josh? <laughs> Martin no. is the.
2: the a magnificent man an excellent he is Oh, I love I him won't have anything else No no said no on, said on this and we must get him on this podcast this we season must. I absolutely commit to to doing that Um I haven't been able to see all of the coverage back I've seen some of it I'm not sure I've actually seen the the clip you're talking about so I can't really No it's very funny actually. I'm
0: not being I'm joking he, he's love he's brilliant but there was a very funny bit where um what's his name the host what's his name you know um uh BT Sport, football host, whose name I've forgotten. Um, the male host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake Humphrey. Jake Humphrey, thank you. See, uh, so yeah, I My on, early onset dementia is, is working well. Um, I mean, so early, it's been quite no, a while no. yeah, All right, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: early as well, I'm only in my early to mid-50s. Um, Jake Humphrey asked all the panel, Rio Ferdinand and whatever, whether they thought Arsenal could win the league or something, or could or would win the league, whatever. And they're all answering. And suddenly Martin Kean kind of went, did you say could, should or like that. he just suddenly got and he kind of walked almost like stepped towards uh, Jake. It was quite funny, and if you that some people have clipped it up on. It's almost like he's like going to like going right towards him to like physically man him or something. It was just a funny moment. Yeah, but yeah, Keon Keon wasn't good form. But I, as to your point about um, the performance, I do think that we're so used to how brilliant we've been week in week out this year, this this season, and played so such brilliant football right from the first minute and and generally dominate games that yeah it wasn't that bad at all if this is how if this is how as low as we get do you know what i mean like that's that is everyone was saying that's one of the worst if not the worst league performance of the season well i mean fine you know because because i'm sure we'll bounce back and and that level was not so low it was just a couple of a couple of other we had enough chances really didn't we jeff to win it. Yeah. we had you know and had a good chance we did uh, odegaard had a really good chance and they were just a bit they snatched at their chances a bit and i think that was because yeah. the pressure they were put on by everton was so intense almost as as intense as you'd ever see they ran i think that's the record for the for the amount of um yards ran or whatever by everton yeah. in that game so it yeah. was just it was just them dealing with this very very intense pressure
1: well you've you've mentioned the the new manager bounce, which generally happens to us all the time. Uh but I mean the way the way Dyche sets teams up, it was it was in effect, you could see that. Um and he had obviously there's a couple of ex-Burnley players that play for um uh, Everton now as well. Uh in, including Tarkovsky, wasn't it? I think he was was he at Burnley, mm. Tarkovsky, yeah. Yeah, him, so, he, McNeil. yeah. McNeil. Yeah, and McNeil, that's right. So they, they there was a low block four, five, one and they just they they just stuck in there, and they was just breaking our you know they forced us wide, and then they was breaking the the they was breaking the lines of where we pass it inside and do those little circles and triangles, yeah and it we just couldn't and it was a small pitch and but deliberately bumpy, you can imagine they was cutting the pitch up in 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 um in the warm up Uh, I mean, our boys just couldn't really play on it. It was, you know, I was just taking. I had to take a second touch rather Mm. than, you know, just whizzing it in and and popping it off the first time, and that just disrupted us. That was kicking the life out of us. You see, in the first three or four minutes. Um Erdegaard got the uh, scathed down the back of his Achilles tendon, you know, and it just went on. And there was we was trying there was there was giving sp- uh, space on the on the right hand side to Saka, but then there was two and three up on him as soon as it got across there. That was really, really disciplined. I'll give it to him, you've got to give it to them. But unfortunately, I mean, this is what worries me is they f- did find a way to beat us because yeah, I mean, you know we we had that previously the week before a couple of weeks before against Newcastle when they did that low block effect and we found it difficult to get through them. This is what we're going to have to put up with now between now mm. and the rest of the season, but we mustn't concede goals because if you concede that first goal, then you are in trouble. You're in big trouble. You know um, uh, what you mustn't do is mustn't give silly free kicks away outside the box because that's all they play on is set pieces, dead balls, corner kicks, free kicks, and hot chance. These these teams, that's what they do all week when they're playing a team yeah. like Arsenal is just uh, do the four five one and just play on getting corners and throw and throw-ins and we're like Stoke did back in the day, you know? So we, yeah, yeah. we've got to be ready for it, you know, But... I think the I think the substitutions could have been a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I, I I question the substitutions, Josh. What did you? I think I was surprised um, that he brought Jorginho on for um, party, particularly. Um, Trossard fine for for um, Martinelli, wasn't it? I think um, Martinelli didn't have his best game, he still, but I always still think he's such a massive threat. But what did you make of the substitutions, and what did the crowd make of the substitutions?
2: Well, I think taking Thomas Partey off is always going to be a, a bit of a concern just because of w- what he gives us and the fear of that we look that that little bit weaker when he's not on the pitch. It was frustrating, of course, it was nil-nil when the substitutions were made and it was barely a minute that had gone by and then suddenly you're one-nil down and you yeah. wonder if the same substitutions are made. I didn't think Martinelli was having his greatest get- game. I thought there were periods where he wasn't as effective as he certainly has been or you'd hope he'd been. And we've got Trossard on the bench now. And when you look at that bench, you think there is a bit of strength in depth. You've got to turn to one of them. Um, and Jorginho, I mean, it was funny, isn't it? We we spoke about the possibility of Jorginho and how that could materialise just as we were doing a podcast before deadline day. You know, this isn't someone who we should be totally fearful of st- coming off the bench, you know, herein is a, you know, a player with, you know, ability. I don't think he was, you know, hugely impressive in the half an hour he had, but nor did I think he was, you know, noticeably, you know, a weak link. So um, I, I, at the time was thinking maybe there's a slight injury problem with, with party, you know, there'd been that doubt ahead of the game and maybe Arteta was just being a little bit cautious of, of not, you know, over exerting him. But, you know, in terms of what we had, I think the substitutions made sense, and even you know towards the end of the game, if there was you know a player that looked like they had a difficult afternoon and had had a difficult first half against Manchester United not very long ago, it was possibly you know possibly Ben White, and and that substitution also I think made sense and could have been done a, a touch earlier. So I don't know. I'm not overly looking at it and thinking you got this wrong, that wrong. I, I think Arteta gave these lovely quotes at the end of the game about loving the players even more. After the game and and after the defeat. And you know what? As we drove back, and it took a long time to, to get home, not home till as you know, it was nearly half past seven by time home, 12 hours out the door. You still felt really proud of this team and what they've done so far this season. And you know, to to still after Sunday evening feel that little bit better about it and think five points, game in hand, a home game against them, where you know, until Saturday would have felt really confident of at worst avoiding defeat and feeling like we can beat them. We should still be positive and happy and not get too damn beat that, you know, we, we lost one then in the game that could have gone either way.
1: Well, I think if I can come in on that, uh, Ben White, um, I mean, he was he was maybe one of our best players up until the World Cup, the break for the World Cup, and he's come back from the World Cup and I don't know what it is but he's not been right I'm, I'm not I, I I can't put my I can't put my hand on it to to work out what, what why is what what's gone I mean apparently he's lost a little bit of weight uh, a few of the boys were saying uh but I I don't know uh so I, I'm not and he's not been playing very well we got brought off at half time the other week didn't he um mm. where he was having a mare as well. I don't know whether his 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 fitness has dropped or something. Uh or maybe he's just resting him, but you know, taking him off uh consistently now is is troubling. But why not why not bring on Tommy, you know, because we've got plenty of games to go. I didn't really have a, too much of a problem with taking off Partey knowing Jorginho was gonna come on because I do trust Jorginho, I do think he's a he's a good player. Uh, a similar type of player to, to Partey isn't, uh, you know, Partey is most probably the best midfield player in the, in the country at the moment, the way he's playing. Uh, and I think you have got to take care of him. You've got to be very, very careful yeah. if you want him for the long run. And and to bring on a player like Jorginho, I did. I don't think he did too bad at all. He give a couple of balls away. Bit,
0: but... Yeah. It's just a bit slower, isn't he? Than I think than, 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 than Partey. And he's quite, he's quite, do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. he slowed it down when we actually needed to speed it up. If anything, that was my only issue with him. I, mean, I think he's he's definitely like a keeps the ball kind of player. But although he did give it away, you're right in about his second his second attempt at a pass, which is unfortunate. But you know, yeah. um, that, that's my only concern. I, I'm not. I don't have a big issue with it. I'm not one of those maniacs who thinks we shouldn't have brought him and it's stupid. I just I wonder whether come bringing him on as a sub is. You know, I think maybe he, he's a player who needs to start – be on from the start to get into the rhythm of the game as well. Slightly. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that, you know? I
1: was more, I was more concerned with the substitution going forward. Um, so we was one nil down. Um, yeah. And um, I, I should, I would have left Martinelli on to be honest with you, because we, we, we weren't getting no change out of Eddie really. I mean, and he's okay. Mm. Sometimes he's okay, but you know what you're going to get from Eddie He's he's not going to be that, uh, that lad in the box where you just where you can do quick passes with him stuff like that you know it's it's a bit of a build up he's not he's not like Jesus is he where he's chasing chasing around he's really really got quick feet and stuff like that or he's not that tricky you know one against one um, I would have I would have took Eddie off and put left Martinelli on Saka on the right hand side and let Trossard go in there as a as a as a false nine because then he could drop into midfield as well uh, and help. Jorginho, a forward pass from Jorginho, Plus, he's he's got great feet around the box. And if he had have had a chance in the in the box, it, it might it might would have changed it. I mean, we were just a little bit it, there was nothing changing at the top. And I, I, I do think sometimes we do need to change it. Um, and, and I do uh, at the same time, I, I think um, Seamus Coleman was getting a little bit tired, and Martinelli might have been able to. Yeah. Even if they switched Martinelli to the center and Trossard on the left, you know, I just think uh, if we'd have done that, but listen, who knows? You know, it, it's yeah, all in, yeah. it's all in hindsight. Indeed. Yeah.
0: No, I, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah. I, I think that he's uh, quite reluctant, is he, to swap things around too much in terms of like mm. formation? And, uh, but, but, you know, I mean, these are minor, these are minor quibbles and qualms on the, on a, Day where we weren't at our best and we faced, I think, I just think Everton deserve a huge amount of credit and I now I now see that, that that's our game in hand, isn't it? I didn't realise until today that Everton at home is our game in hand which has now been scheduled for March the 1st so we play them again in less than a month and I'm yeah. instantly slightly annoyed that we have to play them again of all teams but I mean, I, I can't see them
1: pulling that off again. I, I no, I think we'll batter them at home. <laughs> we'll, not, we'll batter them at the carpet, more spice. Yeah, more time yeah we'll, we'll be ready for them plus we're, we're all going to be angry at the the, the the defeat anyway true
0: true um let's have a quick break and uh, after the break we'll have a talk about um just how we think it's going uh how far we're going to go in this um, incredible dream ride towards the premier league title and more after this we took it all
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right
0: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back from the break. Oh, yes, there's also, Josh reminds me, we should mention the man sitting. Uh, Finances issue The 100 or whatever At least 100 (laughs) Charges they're facing And what we think of that I just Before we go on to that um, I mean Man City Losing at Tottenham Was I I, I've listened to a few um, Discussions of uh, Between Arsenal fans About that Tottenham Man City game I can't believe I don't know any Arsenal fan That wasn't 100% Rooting for Spurs Against Man City On Sunday Do you I mean Why wouldn't you You Oh Jeff you, You didn't want Spurs
1: to beat City? I can't have Tottenham winning anything, mate. Honestly, I even can't. Like a, even I a game that
0: helps us nah, get
1: wanted, closer I'll, to the... Really? Well, if it's the last game of the season, I might be twisted to change my mind, but there's a long way to go. Uh, I don't think Spurs are going to catch us anywhere near us. Um, Man City... Um, I, I, I I still f- f- spear those a little bit, so I would prefer the draw. I would. I never want Tottenham to win anything. I'm sorry. Wow, that's you know. I mean, okay, Josh.
2: I'm staggered. I mean, there is absolutely. I don't care if Tottenham get in the Champions League; they can come from right. The only right. thing I care about is: are we winning this this league? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, Who, I feel strongly. Shit about them? They're, they're an I feel so strongly that I wanted Tottenham to win that game. I'd have happily seen them win five nil. One nil was ideal because, you know, let's not get carried away. But yeah, I felt so strongly that we wanted Tottenham to, to win that game, as I did when they were tuning up at the Etihad, you know, some some weeks back, and we were all getting a little bit excited about what, what could happen then. No, they've done us a massive favor. And for whatever reason, City are not looking quite like the city that they have done in, oh. you know, in certain years in the Looked like the side that have, you know had the incredible battles with with Liverpool over you know the last four or five seasons. So yeah, I, I, if if you didn't feel positive about looking at the league table and seeing we were still five ahead with the you know with obviously the the game on Sunday to come, mm. the fact that City is yet again putting a performance where. You can think, hang on, this just this just isn't quite what what we come to expect from City. It gives you even even more confidence, especially ahead of our game against them in what eight eight nine days time. So yeah, yeah, I'm I was absolutely you know cheering Spurs on. They'll
0: no, may sure, continue. Yeah, completely, hundred I, I, I respect your um, your fundamentalist anti-Spurs use, Jeff. <laughs> of course, but but anyway, but I, I mean that's just a, a, a minor point. But what is incredible to see, isn't it? I think is is how Pep is being so stubborn about his team selection he's doing that thing he does where he kind of picks players out of position and comes up that whatever the fuck the 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 um the formation was against Spurs was really weird it just didn't work they definitely it's definitely like I now feel like that game on the 15th um which is you know us playing them at home we've got a proper chance to beat them and then you know i mean then we're going to then you think well, we're going to be quite firm favourites for the title. Am I being too optimistic? I'm getting carried away. I am getting carried away. I know.
1: You know what? I'm more concerned about the game at the weekend because that is such... It's most probably... The, the, yeah, yeah. the most important game for the last 15 or, or 20 years, maybe. Yeah. Because if we can go we can go eight clear. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and if we yeah. go eight clear, if the pressure is then on Manchester City. They've got to win on their game on, well, I think they're playing on Sunday, aren't they? And then they're coming to our gaff on Wednesday and they've got to win that one as well, you know, to, to put pressure on us. And I do think we can go into that game uh, if we get a win at Brentford, because if we don't, if we draw or we get beat, then there'll be three defeats on the bounce. And that doesn't oh, look gosh. good. It takes us back to the awesome Don't say Veng- that. So it does, have, it's the fact, is if we do get beat, it's three on the bounce, and it takes us back to the to the Wenger days when we was fighting on all fronts for a little while. Uh, but I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I do think we'll overcome Brentford. And then City come to our place. We're, we're bubbling again. Uh, It'll be an amazing atmosphere there. And I do think we can, man against man, I think we can spin them over. I really do.
0: Yeah. And I wonder whether, Josh, the the you know, the this financial kind of thing um is going to affect them because they're going to be constantly asked about this, aren't they? In every press conference and every, you know, post-match interview, it's quite annoying for them, to say the least. And plus the fact that they may well clearly be apparently cheating for about eight years or nine years at the time when they were winning all those championships. Well, it's
2: certainly interesting. I wonder how much it affects the players but it affects the club for sure it's a it's a huge story that they can't get away from and there's been this cloud hanging over them for some time because they've had the situation with UEFA and they've had to go all the way and they cleared their name you know eventually in the you know in the court of arbitration of sport and I think possibly to the average fan of other clubs might have just thought this was all behind us. And this news coming out this week, you know, would have, would have caught a lot of football supporters, you know, by surprise. And it's going to take considerable time. And, there are, you know, some excellent journalists. Matt Slater of the Athletic uh, uh, video on this I thought was excellent in trying to dissect it. Martin Ziegler, of course, at the Times has has been very articulate on the topic as well. And it's complicated because of the breadth of rules that they have allegedly breached. But every possibility is on the table here in terms of what the repercussions could could be. And that's fascinating and we'd all have to sit by and do it. I wonder if it affects Guardiola because he might yeah. be and he's spoken about it about you know that if anyone is he that he's been assured that you know everything was done correctly and maybe he feels there's a danger of his name being you know pulled pulled through the mud or whatever the expression is so you wonder if it's uh, affecting how he might be feeling at, at the moment as a group of players yeah look I think they're concentrating on on the football and, and trying to win, and I I don't think it's going to sort of see Man City start to you know spiral on the pitch. I don't see that coming, but it's it's absolutely fascinating in in terms of what will go. I can't help but think of that um, that Carabao Cup final defeat that we had to uh, to Manchester City. Was it was it the three nil? Do you remember that one, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and that was twenty eighteen, wasn't it? So was that the was that the final Wenger season, I think? So, you know, of of all the trophies that Wenger never won, the Carabao Cup, are we about to put that right? Is there a chance here that Arsenal can be awarded, retrospectively, the 2018 Carabao Cup and Arsenal Wenger's legacy gets ever greater? That,
0: that I would truly I like. Think- um, amazing thought amazing thought but i think more importantly the question is if i mean it's unlikely isn't it? it's very unlikely that this is going to be resolved this season i mean this could take years couldn't it i mean no. it's all ar- right it's already taken years but man City's going to just constantly you know they'll have a team of lawyers fighting against explaining all of these their their reasons for doing what they did etc um but jeff if it did come down to it you know say they got dot points i want i want i i mean again this is another discussion i've seen the arsenal fans saying fuck them you know if we we win this league however it doesn't matter i can't i'm a big being a bit purist by saying i kind of want us to win legit and not you know just win more games than them or get more points than them and not have any points deducted from them
1: if yeah i get that i think we'll do that anyway um well you'll think we'll win the league anyway yeah, I think okay. we'll go on and win the league. But well, these two next two games are going to be vitally important. But I do think we'll go on and win it now. Yes, um, but you know this news—is it? Is di- di- didn't we already know everything? What's what's going on in any way? I mean, we're not—we we haven't got to be. Uh, I, I mean, it was so obvious what was going on. You know, mm. uh, the the stuff that where they are just financially doping um uh, their money for for years and years and years where you know they 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 could barely sell out at one stage manchester city and you know that was when they had it was only 42,000 at the etihad at the time or whatever it was called before it was the etihad um and then all of a sudden they had all this money and and they they brought that they brought the ffp in especially because of teams like Manchester city and others, PSG and Chelsea. And, but so we knew, we knew, we knew what was going on, but then when they got out of the, the FIFA thing by technicalities, we thought, okay, well, that's fucked then because they're just going to do it anyway. And we was one of the clubs that would obliged, you know, and abide by the rules. Um, And I remember saying back in the day, listen, we've got to run with this and do what we can. Uh, But if we can't beat them, we've got to join them. And, you know, it seems like now, I mean, we're spending a lot more money now, but I think that's for other reasons. But I just think the same thing will happen again. They're going to have the best lawyers in the world. Yeah, I agree. And they're going to tie it's going to go to drag it out, and, it, and and time is money for these guys, as you well know. It's going to cost a hell of a lot of money, and I don't think the FA or whoever are in charge of defending it are going to have enough money. And in the end, they're just going to buckle, and mm-hmm. and uh, they're just they're just time in knots, and, and they'll get out of it again. They'll be yeah. technically
0: dis- It's the Premier League, isn't it, Josh? But do do you agree? You're 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 more doubtful. You think something might happen. You think. There could be. Yeah,
2: I, I, I'm not sure this is as clear cut as you know. They'll be armed up with lawyers and and be able to, you know, get away with with, with everything. I, I don't know. I I have no insight from a professional capacity in in any way on this, other than it's the most hugely embarrassing thing that the Premier League can have happen for them to have to come and self police and go. Effectively, our own competition was compromised for nigh on a decade by a team that were ultimately the most successful team in that period as a brand as everything you've sold around the world that is hugely embarrassing that that has happened so to spend four years putting a case together to come out with a hundred different breaches is of huge you know significance and and is unprecedented and they don't have the ability to ultimately appeal here to the court of arbitration of sport. You know, this will go to this panel overseen by a QC and they will have to analyze, I mean, the the evidence, but um, you know, for the premier league to be the ones coming out and going, we've seen a hundred breaches. Let's not forget. It would also be a huge element of embarrassment to the premier league if they can't push that case through and prove and be successful on their side. So, it, it's absolutely, you know, fascinating. And, uh, I don't know. There's a part of us, uh, a part of me just as a fan that I hope they're innocent, right? You hope they're innocent because then you start getting very angry about what Jeff's just spoken about that. were we, the ones just keeping the rules. What are Liverpool fans going to you know, be, be mm. thinking about this period where, where they've been pips on numerous occasions. So it's a strange feeling on it. And, um, yeah, well,
1: I, yeah, as you je- don't want just...
2: Man City players of that time who probably feel that very legitimately they, you know, were part of Huge success, that you know, mm. that be you
0: know be completely tainted potentially. So I, I Yeah, I, I wonder which not. I wonder which Man City players you're referring to. But um the uh almost the <laughs> <Yeah. all Manchester laughs> yes. city players. Okay, okay. But I, I like Jeff, I kind of just assume that they've that they dodged, you know, they somehow dodged all the rules and you know and because you're and 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 because like it were there were technical reasons like it was was a vast it was past the period of time where those where they could retrospectively take action wasn't I mean that's that doesn't really imply that they're innocent of those previous things that they were charged with um by UEFA etc so I've always just assumed that they were fairly dodgy frankly I think probably most Liverpool fans have as well that they just kind of found a way to get away with it so it's like This thing, the the timing seems extraordinary and it's taken four years, but no, is anyone surprised? I feel completely not surprised that, you know, they're being charged with this number of offences and this number of dodgy. Well,
1: I did hear on the same day, I did hear, I think it was one of those radio stations that reported that the government was just about to announce this week that there was going to be an independent regulator uh, for the Premier League. So, yeah. I think that that the Man City News might have had to come out there and then to stop the regulator getting involved. Cause obviously the Premier League don't want to regulate themselves, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. You know, you're right. No yeah. they
1: you're don't right. want other people getting involved. So yeah. they maybe have had to drop it does, that
0: Yeah. It the does smell mean, a bit. You're right. I agree, exactly. Yeah. And that, that announcement about the um the government's white paper on football is, it's been delayed by a fortnight, I think,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that'll get put back again though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm sure a couple of things before we, before we, before we go to the predictions for that Brentford game, they've raised the season ticket prices they've announced today. Josh, haven't they? Um, 5% and there's a whole complicated thing about fewer games, being involved, etc. But bottom line is, my club level season ticket's going go up five percent, so it's going to be even more fucking expensive than it already <laughs> you, is. You are going up five percent, but obviously the uh,
2: the situation is different in in different parts of the grounds. I think we're up six percent in the lower tier and four percent in the upper tier, and five percent in in club level for for people like you, Boyd. What they yeah. have done. Is listen to certain pe- certain feedback. I think this is all largely positive if I'm, I'm honest. You aren't gonna be tied in as a season to get holder for the uh you know, for seven cup games. I think we're down to four. It's gonna be twenty two um games in total that you're you're oh, sorry, three three cup games, 19 league games and three cup games. So you're not being forced to spend that. There's been a huge problem this year with silver and red members being able to actually get access to tickets. So that hopefully leaves the door open to them for those Cintiq holders who don't want to feel compelled to buy the four extra cup games that they've had no choice over since we moved to the Emirates. The club are extending, obviously, the discount to the twenty is it 21 to 24 year old age group? You know, that's, that's going to be there. They're going to have their, their discount, which I think is important because you want to bring through new generations of supporters who invariably have less disposable income to spend on going to football. So I think that's positive. And look, the world's, uh, you know, the way, the way it's going, um, I think there'll be some fans who are sort of relieved given the huge demand for tickets at the moment that, it, it's not a higher percentage has gone up. I mean, it seemed, you know, none of us want to stomach increases, but at least I guess the amount we're all committing to is uh, is going to be less overall. But I'm, I'm hearing, and Jeff probably knows more about this, the the weights for the season ticket, you know, were, were growing oh. hugely. And the numbers of season tickets becoming available every year, I think they're basically, I think it was Darren Arsenal on, on Twitter I saw, say that, I mean, I think he used the phrase very minimal expected to come up at the end of this season. So, yeah, I think the club are trying to, to make little bits of progress where they can. But Jeff, you might know more about this.
1: No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, even even the club level season tickets sold out this season, which that hasn't happened for, oh, I don't know, mate. it must be 10 years, mate. I don't know. It's a long while anyway mm. uh, That since, since the club level season tickets sold out. But Arsenal have got Arsenal have looked at other clubs, as Tottenham as well. And I, I, th- I mean, I thought this at the time. And they've got, they got, they've got the pricing upside down with regard to... I mean, the most sought-after tickets generally for a football match are the ones on the long side in the lower tier. Whereas uh, Arsenal the most expensive tickets are the long side upper tier. And I reckon over the next five or 10 years, I don't know, I've got no facts about this, but I do think that they're going to follow what Spurs are doing. Cause you've got some Spurs tickets when they moved. they could, they could do it because they've moved stadiums and we could have done it when we moved stadium, but you can't do it when you, when you were now there. But at Tottenham, when they moved, they took a lot of the uh, people that had centre blocks in the lower tier, they moved them to the side a little bit, pushed everyone round. And the centre blocks, they've got those for corporate blocks. Now, the centre blocks at the Tottenham Hotspur, in those uh, corporate blocks, and you don't get nothing with it, are £273 each. Now, whereas at Arsenal, I think they're 35 quid or 40 quid. Right. So I would expect them to, because they know they've made a mistake, you know uh i would expect them over over the next 5 or 10 years to slowly uh move the center blocks to the side take some take some tickets away from the red memberships and everything else and just spread everybody out a little bit further so they can generate more more revenue because they've got it the other way around. the the most expensive tickets should be downstairs rather than the ones in the upper tier in the centers you know what i mean but uh um, yeah i've never really understood why um
0: the the ones closer to the pitch weren't more expensive than the yeah so it's, it's it's weird yeah that's interesting yeah fascinating mm. anyway let's let's move on to uh, Brentford as you said you said you, I mean they're on a roll aren't they they've kind of loads of games unbeaten they're not just a pushover even at home a rare Saturday three o'clock kickoff Josh what do you reckon yeah it's a rare Saturday
2: three o'clock I, I could imagine that's a, a good time for you to nip up to. Uh... Some lovely place in Islington at about twelve o'clock for your for yeah. your snails or whatever you're still getting for a real yeah. lunchtime. Look, Brentford. Look, they've a very stable Premier Premier League outfit, aren't they? Um, and they've also got three, you know, successive Premier League clean sheets. I think four clean sheets in in the last five. I read earlier today. So. You know, this this is, you know, not a, a gimme by any means. And and Jeff said it's the biggest game in 15, 20 years. I don't agree. I think regardless of what happens, City is, because what we do against City is, you know, absolutely vital in keeping them away from us. So yeah, I'm totally, you know, totally intrigued. I think this is going to be horrible and gritty, and I think we can just about do enough for a one 0 win and get away that slight nervous energy of what's, what's crept in from, as Jeff said, the defeat away at City and, you know, defeat on Saturday. So I think 1-0 Arsenal boys.
0: Okay. I wonder if, it, I think he might make a couple of changes, mightn't he? With, you know, I think it could seem we've got like two games in a week. I think Tomiyasu. I do. Tommy I, do Asu. I do. I do. Wouldn't be sh-
2: shocked at yeah. all to see uh, Tomiyasu yeah. come in. Maybe Trossard? What are you thinking for the other one? Yeah, I don't know. Trossard Maybe. didn't do a
0: huge amount when he came on. Yeah. I don't want him to make any changes, but I, th- I just wonder whether they you know, I mean it should be fine I think I think he's got to stick with playing the players that have got him this far, but who knows? Jeff, what do you think? The what do you think will happen?
1: Yeah, I think they'll come and try and play that low block like like Newcastle and Everton have done. I think that's the way they play anyway, and try and hit teams on the Blake. But to be honest, I think we're gonna to have too much for them on that carpet. We'll be zipping the ball about. We know what we need to do. I think the boys understand exactly where they are at the moment. I'm going to go, we're going to get an early goal and win 3-1. We mustn't concede first, though.
0: Nice. Okay, I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, I think we will concede. It's going to be, uh, every game, now. It's, it's got to that point, hasn't it? Even though we never thought this would happen, it's ridiculous that we're top of the league, we're five points clear with a game in hand. But now I feel like every game is a gruelling, tense, tense, anxiety-filled almost nightmare unless we're kind of comfortably winning it because we're so, because we, we it's in reach, isn't it? It's it's just insane. I think, but, but that's how it feels to me. Like, and now every single game is choose that cliche again. It's a massive cup final. It's just, you it's can just,
1: lose every game in the premier league, any you know, game. I mean,
0: yeah, you know. but I mean, I just have our, our position out and, and, you know, every game for us is incredibly exciting though. I think anyway, thanks so much, Jeff as ever. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've had to wrap up quickly because I've got to go and see magic Mike, Josh um in in the uh in the cinema uh i hope you be. have a fantastic
2: time thanks it Thank should you should be uh it it should it, is that something you're expecting to be particularly enjoyable tonight boyd
0: I mean, you know, Stephen <laughs> Soderbergh, the first Magic Mike Ma- film was great, was brilliant, yeah. the second one was, wasn't so much, but he's back directing the third one, so it might be good, yeah. If if we win the title, okay. do you think it'd be Magic Mikel? Will there be a film made? Absolutely. Well, at least thank fuck you've said that, because now we've got a title for this podcast, <laughs> Magic Mikel. Thank
1: you, Josh. Cheers, Jeff. See you later. God bless, guys. Thank you right. very much. Cheers, cheers, Josh. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this
0: show,